Do you feel, are you feeling lucky or confident? No, but I'm, I'm neither lucky or confident, but, uh, but I need to change my tide. I need to change my <laughs> attitude so I can start getting some of these questions right. All right. I have a feeling you're going to get this one. Um, all right. You ready for your five clues? I'm ready. All right. It is an oh, – I'm changing – all right. I'm going to change how I uh, approach this. Okay. okay. It is a tree that gets 40 to 50 foot tall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interestingly fragrant. It's a member of the mint family, and it's prickly to the touch. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Um, it has two types of leaves, spreading prickly ones on young shoots and tightly overlapping scale-like leaves on old shoots. Okay. It is conical in shape, mm-hmm. and it's native from Florida to Maine, west to Texas, north to North Dakota. Um, for being – I don't want to say that, but it – it's it's native ranges out to Wyoming. Okay, all right. And, yeah, we and, for, and for my sake, can do, do we grow this or not? We do. We do. We do grow. Oh my gosh, I'm probably just overthinking this. And oh my god, I'm I'm just like stumped. The pressure's getting to me. I think is really <laughs> what it is. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Um. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's too late to not overthink it. <laughs> uh, if you get this wrong, you're going to, you're going to be so upset with well, yourself. I was going to get upset with myself <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, oh man, I gotta, I gotta answer this quick or this will be 20 minutes of me just going, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say, oh man, this is wrong, but liquid ambars, diratrofluor. And I just, I just, that's the first tree that came to my mind. Interestingly fragrant. Interestingly fragrant. Uh, I, I'm already, I'm already spent here, friend. I'm going to give you the next clue. I'll give you two more clues and you're going to guess it. Okay. It's facultative upland. Okay. Evergreen tree with sage green to blue green in the summer and bronze to yellow brown in the winter. Oh, is it, is it is it Juniper's Virginia? <laughs> yeah. when, by interestingly fragrant, I mean it smells oh, yeah, like yeah, cat yeah. pee. Like when you said interestingly <laughs> fragrant, I'm like, oh, I don't know what that is referring to. You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I'm Fran. And I'm Tom. <laughs> and today we're dealing with... Juniperus virginiana. I should say we're dealing with our native plant of the day is Juniperus virginiana, which is eastern red cedar. It's also called aromatic cedar. So, and by aromatic, we mean it smells like a litter box. Yes, this is a, a plant we have a love hate relationship with. Um, and to be honest, friend, I thought we did this one already. No, so no, we that didn't. Was part of why I'm like, I don't think I ever hit on it. But um, it's a, it is a. I think it's a beautiful tree. Um, I wouldn't want it as a Christmas tree, as for no. reasons that we've already stated. And uh, but although, it although is used we, as a Christmas tree. No, we know people. I think uh, Shannon Trim, uh, 
Trimboli of Backyard Ecology and Marcus Gray of um, Sustainable Monarch both said they have memories of using that as a Christmas tree growing up. Um, and, you know, and it's funny. This is one of those native plants that depending on who you talk to, like for us, it's – and we just had this conversation on native mm-hmm. plants, healthy yeah. planet. Like it's it's commonly um, native to us and, and you may see it in, in larger patches than others, but in certain parts of the country, it's kind of – a thorn in the side of of prairies, uh, mm-hmm. where it's yeah. popping up where they don't really want it to pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so t- two things that really stuck out there for me with your your first clues that, yeah. and this is what really threw me off when he said it was a member of the mint family. I yeah. never knew that, and I wouldn't. When you think of things that are in the mint family, at least to me, I'm not thinking of trees. I'm thinking of things like in the Menardas or the Pycnanthemums, like your mountain mints, those kind of things. Um, not trees. So that's really well. Now I'm second guessing myself. Now I'm I'm double yeah, checking better... it to make sure. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh... And then uh, the other one was the the two types of leaves. And I don't know. Whenever people say leaves, like a lot of people, my mind doesn't go to evergreens. Yes, and that's what I thought was very. Um... Maybe this isn't in the mint family. But that the two types of leaves is very interesting. Yeah. So I, it's not yeah. something I'd notice. But I thought, but I thought prickly, yeah. like that, like if you put your hand on a very young eastern red cedar, mm. you're, you're hurting your hand. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and it's, but an older one, you can rub your hand on it and it's not as. It's uh, not as severe. S- severe, yeah. yeah. So it's part of the Cupressaceae family, which is. Um, it's a conifer family, the cypress family. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like the mint family. That doesn't to me. sound like the mint family. I'm, I'm, I want to recount. Wanna... <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me let me check some. What is the mint family? Lamiaceae. So it's not. It's not. So it's not at all in the mint family. Should we just start this episode over? Yeah, I think without we should. that clue. No, no, we're sticking with it. Wow. Well, you the know what? You, Here's the, the thing. The more you know. Here's the thing. I, I'm doing a lot of this research online, and I'm trying to go to. I, I'm using reputable sources. I'm not using someone's backyard blog. Mm-hmm. I'm using sources that we use every day, and we've never really touched on this. We're using uh, the Lady Bird Johnson Wallflower Center. We're using uh, what is it, Missouri? Uh, uh, botanical the botanical garden, gardens, yeah. using Wikipedia, uh, using there, um, there's your mistake there's right, the mistake there, right yeah. there, you know. But um, using more reputable sources. So this was somewhere that I got that it, I don't remember the source, but it was a trust. Uh, trust me, I'm not. I'm not disparaging any of the sources I named. Oh, it yeah. wasn't one of them. No, this is but, completely your fault. Y- yes. <laughs> There's no one else to blame other than yourself. <laughs> I, I take full blame. <laughs> Here, This is what this proves. We are not experts. Yep. So at least I'm not. Tom may be. I'm, no, I'm, no I'm far from an expert. So, all right. So it's actually me- a member of the uh, Cypress family, not of the – And that makes, makes more sense. Yeah. All right. You want, you want, to, you want to do over for the, the – you want me to give you that one? Because you think you would have got it if I said it was member of the Cypress family? No, probably, probably not. <laughs> All right. I might have been closer, but. All right. So so let's see what on here. We, we're familiar with this plant, but let's see what on our, our list of stats here maybe would be shocking to us or surprising to us. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Um, 
The bark is red-brown in color, exfoliating in long fiber strips, often ashy gray, were exposed. And that's – and I think that's pretty true. And, and in this area in the northeast, because of how heavy deer browsing is, you're going to see a lot of times eastern red cedars that look like lollipops and they're browsed for mm-hmm. – there's no foliage for the bottom six feet. And you'll see that exfoliating exfoliating bark. And yeah. I think that's pretty descriptive. Yeah. One of the things that I only just found out recently – is that it's a dioecious plant, which I think is fascinating. I didn't know that either. Like that was something that I just learned. I wouldn't have guessed that. I've never had anyone ask me that Yeah. either. Yeah, me me either. And it's one of those things where growing them uh, in a nursery, you're dealing with young plants. You don't often see them get to that uh, that stage where they're producing flowers and fruit because, just because they're immature. Now that we're growing some in larger sizes – I've noticed that there were berries on some and not on yeah. others, and I just attribute it to, oh, well, these ones must just still be a little bit immature to produce berries. Yeah, but no, not the, realizing, oh no, they're a dioecious plant, and some are male and some are female. Yeah, you'll see the male plants produce yellowish brown flowers in the early spring, and you'll see their pollen. And the female have light bluish green flowers in the early spring and develop a quarter inch berry like uh, blue cone, blue cone by fall. Mm-hmm. So. If you're not getting, you know, if you're sitting there going, "Hey, my eastern red cedar's not producing berries," why not? Well, that it's either a male or it's a female with no no male in sight. Mm-hmm. But there's so many. Like, if it's native to your area, more than likely <laughs> there should be something around that's pollinating it. Yeah. Now, this is a particularly long lived tree, correct? Uh, yes. I it you know from what I've read. It, it has the potential to live up to 900 plus years, 900 plus years. Now, you read that, but in the U.S., um, there is a 400-year-old tree in Arkansas, which they're guessing it's 400, give or take 150 years. Yeah. <laughs> so it's range, either yeah. 250 or 550. So it's pretty long-lived um, – but reports are that it can live up to 900 years. I don't know where that that information. Yeah, is and I'm reading from. on on. Um, oh, you're urban not e- trusting me now. You're urban reading ecology it? center that, <laughs> that <laughs> there was a one in um, in Missouri that grew to 795 years old, and I wonder what that tree's name was. I love Ooh. trees with names. I I noticed that, and I'd <laughs> never give you that. I never. No, you never do. I know. You never give me the satisfaction of knowing <laughs> knowing that that tree had a name. I want a more personal relationship with that tree. <laughs> It is if, – if you are curious, it is the state tree of Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, so uh, that would make sense to me. Uh, it is a full sun. Typically, you see it in, in open areas. It can take part shade, but if you put it in part shade, it's going to be more open. Um, you don't get as dense of a form. It gets it gets a little more open and wispy, mm-hmm. so it can survive it. It's just you're not really using it as a screen at that point. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to just be – it's going to look more like, like – um, uh, the native uh, arborvitae than the juniper. Gotcha. You know. Gotcha. Um, and what is uh, what are some of the issues you have when you you plant eastern red cedar that you want to look out for? So it, it is susceptible to twig blight and scale bagworms. Uh, you're going to see bagworms a lot on this plant. Um, they could be a problem, and you may get mites uh, as well. Um, there's a lot of cultivars though that claim to solve a lot of these problems and there's a lot of blue cultivars i know uh princeton nurseries had emerald sentinel so it was supposed to be a little more upright in form Mm -hmm. um 
and there's a, like a Manhattan Blue, I believe, was a junior person, Virginiana. But there's so much variability. It's you know because it's from seed you get seedling variability, and they found even by going with cultivars, they were still getting variability. They were still mm -hmm. reverting a little bit. So um, I thought that was pretty interesting. It's always interesting to know what's out there cultivar wise, even though we prefer the uh, straight species from seed. Speaking of the seed, the seeds are round. Uh, brown and they're generally between two and four millimeters in diameter and that's the seeds i'm guessing are in the, the what we've been calling berries yeah. are technically cones yeah and they must be in there to be yes. that small it's just it's yeah. a little bit a little bitty baby cone yes that has, <laughs> it's full of seeds so where yeah totally. would you find this in nature like is it we're on the successional uh, pathway too secondary succession it is slower growing, um, so it's not – you're not putting on a couple feet a year. Um, it's tolerant of salt spray, uh, so you can find it in maritime forests. You, like for us, we do see it near the beach. A lot of people put it because uh, they know it's going to survive. So um, it's – and it's not going to – it's not going to grow extremely quick, which is nice too. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned deer will browse this. What other wildlife does it help support? Um it does offer safety covering for birds. Uh, they do use uh, like to use it uh, for cover. So do deer and small animal. Uh, the deer are going to browse it heavy, but they also use it for cover uh, in certain instances because it is a native evergreen that's that's native down. Like it's not open. It's very tight, so it's not open like a white pine. Uh, it's it's more of that that conifer shape or arborvitae shape. Uh, so they can. Uh, Get their cover that way. It's also nesting spots for uh, robins, juncos, mockingbirds, sparrows, and owls. So our, uh, owls like to use it as well. Um, and the cones, uh, mm -hmm. favorite food uh, for wildlife including birds, fox, squirrel, rabbit, possum, and raccoon. Uh, that's how many things use the berries. So mm -hmm. it's, it has a lot of uses. Now, could can I eat it too? No. No, it's toxic to uh, humans, so uh, toxic to ingest. So you don't want to go – Picking those mm -hmm. off and eating it, but I think you can use it to like infuse a flavor into gin. Like gin is made with juniper berries. I think you can do that with possibly this what? as well. That may be part of your quiz. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see if you're if you're thinking about putting one in your yard. Uh, they are they do have a shallow fibrous root system. The roots of mature trees may penetrate twenty five feet, and lateral roots may reach twenty feet. So even though it's not very wide at a young age, it does have. A bigger root system so even though the deer tend to browse it like you still see that plant survive it doesn't kill it off they're mm -hmm. not browsing it to death they just can only browse high enough and then it survives above that um wind pollinate it like a lot of trees are uh and then this the seeds are dispersed by birds that, yeah that like the seeds so um let's see what else can we say moths will avoid the aromatic wood so they don't like it yeah. naturally. So that's why it's it's perfect for cedar chests. Mm -hmm. So when you think about a cedar lined chest and and worrying about moths, is are worrying about moths still a thing? Is that uh, you know I haven't heard as much about it in a long time. I remember one of my best friends growing up thought moths were going to eat the clothes right off him <laughs> because that's what up. that's what Looney Tunes would teach you. So uh, you know the woods used for lining and clothes chests and closets. My oldest son actually brought. In a Rubbermaid, I open it up, and there were moths in the Rubbermaid. Mm. 
that they had in their college dorm, and I freaked out yeah. because I thought I was going to have moths in the house because I didn't notice it right away. Yep. But I tended up not having moths in the house, well, so I guess good. that worked they're out. Lurking. They're lurking. They're, <laughs> they're waiting for you to stop worrying about them. <laughs> um, but I thought what I found interesting, one of the uses was that Junipers virginiana is excellent for English longbows, mm-hmm. flat bows, and uh, Native American sinew-backed bows can be made from it. So I was unaware of that. That's not – it makes sense now that I think about it, especially because of how abundant it it, it is in nature. Um, but I never thought about it for its bow, bow-like quality. But, you know, cedar chest, yeah. Yeah, I see that totally. Um, so, are you ready for a quiz? I'm ready for my quiz. All right. I see. I feel bad. Like you got the, the beginning I got wrong. The short end of the stick. You did four times than one on the this short end of rant. the bow. Yeah. All right. Listen, I'm gonna give you that one because I. Well, think, I'm not. I'm not counting it to my full time <laughs> record. <That's>, all, right. <laughs> all right. All right. So this is redemption time. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. Okay. Five statements. Four factual. At least we think <laughs> until we find out that they're not. One is fake news. Are you ready? I'm ready. The best portions of the heartwood are one of the few woods that are suitable for making pencils. Okay. Um, Eastern red cedar can produce a red dye that is used in the production of stain, wood mm-hmm. stain. Um, the berries are used to flavor gin. Okay. Which you already think you know is correct. What was the first clue again? I'm I'm writing them down this time so okay. I don't forget like the, I usually do. The best portions of the heartwood. Oh, but for the pencils. Yeah, are the pencils. The second is the red dye for stain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third is the berries used to flavor gin. The juniperus virgin, virginiana was used as a windbreak during the Dust Bowl. Okay. Which was not a college football championship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my last statement is Native Americans uh, made tea of the fruits and leaves for coughs and cold. Berries were chewed for canker sores in the mouth. That So and all these, the Native American uses, I tend, especially when there's only one, it's got to yeah. be right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm 99% sure the gin one's right because I looked up an article yeah. on it when we were talking before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you can use it for that. Um, the windbreak, I'm pretty sure that was part of, I don't want to say the CCC, but the Dust Bowl sparked a lot of changes in American agriculture yes. and saying, hey, we need to prevent wind and erosion issues. Um, one way to do that was to cause start windbreaks. Yep. There's a lot, not many things that are probably better as a windbreak than Junipers, Virginia. At least in so that I'm time down frame. to the pencils and the stain okay. as the two that I'm picking between. And... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the pencils. All right. So best portions of the heartwood are one of the few woods that are suitable for making pencils. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's right. It is the dye. Oh I, I thought after the dye from Heliopsis. Yeah. That That's, I got you with dye twice. I'm just like making yeah. dyes out of everything <laughs> for stain. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what would have a reddish – like if you're staining something. And what made me think of it or buy into that one at the last second is you look at the New Jersey Pinelands and they talk about cedar water and the water turns red. Now it I guess that's not technically true. That's the cedars yeah. are why it turns red. Another interesting fact, and I'm surprised you didn't throw this one at me. 
is that, and I learned this on the completely arbitrary pod, mm-hmm. is that most cedars in the United States are not actually true cedars. Um, I don't know if there's any. And it's because yeah. uh, the colonists, being the smart people they've said they were, said, that looks like the cedars we have at home, so yeah. I'm going to call it a cedar. Yeah. So a lot of these cedars are like like they're yeah. false cedars or like cedars, but they aren't actually true cedars. Yeah. So juniperus is juniper. Yeah. You know, it's it's part of the juniper family. Arbovitae is thuya. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, cedars are cedrus. Yep. Like uh, Diodora cedar is cedrus Diodora or Leban- cedrus Lebanii, Lebanon cedar. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's not really truly a cedar. You know, I think I think part of this is, you know, when we started this off, I kind of made a bunch of descriptions over time and then shuffled them up. Yeah. So this is again one of the earlier ones I did before I said we're going to we're going to say what the family is. And yeah. I know you were saying like that doesn't help you, but apparently it throws you off. Yeah, yeah. So, it does it doesn't it yeah, it definitely doesn't help me. It double hurts me. Right, maybe this one's gonna be titled Fran was wrong. There you go. All right everyone we have one more uh, one more day this week so make sure you tune in tomorrow. Until then keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey, everyone. This is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.